Hello, I'm Edgar Papke. And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Welcome to the True Alignment Podcast. Where we have dialogue and conversation about all things alignment with life, in our families, in our communities, at work, and just all aspects of alignment is the great predictor of success. Yeah, and a puzzler to boot, right? So today we had an audience member in our conversation before we got on uh-huh. um, give us today's topic. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because we were, were we stuck? <laughs> <laughs> the idea of, of being stuck. Um, and Edgar, Jim threw us a curveball today by giving us a little bit different intro music. Yes, he did. He almost, he almost snapped out of time there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, trickery. Yeah. Trickery. Yep. Yep. Is Punchy here today in the studio? Jim, Jim Newhaffen, our, our, our wonderful producer and... Um, also uh, at the control panel and uh, taking your questions, thoughts, comments, which are always welcome in the course of the podcast. And yeah, today's uh, uh, we allowed the audience uh, to um, to give us our topic. Yeah, we so, like Jim, except when he blackmails us with the blooper reel. <laughs> blooper reel. <yeah. laughs> so, what's the title of today's podcast? It will be. Are we stuck? Are we stuck? Are we stuck? Are we stuck, or are you stuck? Are you stuck? Are we? No, we're all in this together, Edgar. Yes, we are. So we're, we're live in the Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. We welcome any thoughts, questions. Uh, exciting to bring live audience in and, and get those questions in real time and uh, hope to build that audience. Yeah. But and uh, yeah, and if you're local here in, in the Denver area, um, it's on Mondays and you can always check our schedule. And every Monday we podcast live. And so, yeah, please come down and join us. So, Edgar, the, the wonderful thing about our podcast, uh, the feedback we're getting from people um, downloading it all over the world, is that we're asking questions that people genuinely want the answers to. Yeah. And so this conversation, this conversation today um, that came from our audience member of, of, of do you feel stuck? I'll, I'll just read off my notes here a little bit, and it'll be just a little bit of a, a verbal diarrhea as I dump kind of my notes into the conversation, and we can take it where it might go. Okay. But, um, you know, the idea of relationships changing over time, mm-hmm. the idea of getting to a certain point in your life and in your career where you decide that you want to do something different, uh-huh. uh, maybe start your own thing, be your own right. boss, mm-hmm. but you have um, responsibilities, uh, a spouse, a partner. Lots of different forms of responsibility. And I, and I love the, the conversation from our audience member that talked about this as a two-body problem, mm-hmm. right? So it's or not more. just, or more, right? Not just making my own decisions, but making them for a collection of us. Um, you know, my personal note that I put in here you had a birthday last week. Happy birthday again. Thank um, you. But, uh, you know, I wrote down in the Thanks not so nice reminding language. Me. <laughs> the, the My mid- Medicare moment. The, the, the midlife explorations. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Uh, new questions asking. Um, we got to ask this idea of what are good questions for finding alignment um, while things are changing. I wrote down and circled, you know, this question of identity that comes up of who am I now? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had a whole bunch of other questions that I'm not sure relate here, but, um, you know, this idea is born out of what is happening? What is happening and what do I want to happen? Okay. So this idea of being stuck mm-hmm. is it's about safety in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and safety in a lot of different forms, the, uh, other end of the spectrum from fear. So what am I seeking safety from? Uh-huh. What else is it about? Oh, it, uh, if we unpack this one, um, uh, first and foremost, I think that, that the idea of being stuck is really powerful because there is um, so much to be said about when I'm feeling stuck, do I have a sense of control? You know, do I have control over my own destiny, at least to the degree where, as a human being, I think that I have choice. And just the idea of do I have choice to pursue what I'm really seeking, what I want, and especially if I'm out of alignment um, <laughs> at, any, at any moment in my life, because life is dy- dynamic and it's always, it's, always, it's always moving and we're moving through life we're always on the journey is um, do I feel like I do I feel like I have a sense of control do I have a sense of um, well-being in the idea of pursuing what I really want who I really want to be my definitions of success so if we bring it back to some of the models that we talk uh-huh. about in our work right you know we would recognize an emotion mm-hmm. first so when somebody is in control what kind of emotions are they feeling? Yeah. And when somebody's not in control, what kind of emotions are they yeah, feeling? Yeah, so <clears throat> with control comes the idea of um, feeling satisfied. My own self-concept is that, that I'm living up to who I want to be, and there's not a, there's not a, a, a tension that, uh, of conflict that shows up. So when I get that sense of being aligned in control, I feel confident. I can feel confident. I can feel assured. I um, have a sense of self in in a more fulfilling way, in a more satisfied way. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I can feel dissatisfied. I can feel you know, again origins of fear, all the different forms of fear that can come with not being satisfied or getting what I want, or feeling out of alignment with what who I want to be and how I want to go about living my life and the choices that I make. And as a result of that, anger, resentment, disappointment, all the different forms that uh, misalignment or not having a sense of control and not living up to my self-concept. In the, in the framework itself, when we think about <coughs> self-concept and we self-invent every day and we're constantly trying to achieve a place of being satisfied with, with ourselves. And when, when we're not getting there, that's when we have and we experience this idea of doubt, self-doubt, um, a lack of satisfaction, a, lof, a, self, a lack of self-esteem. Self-esteem is the measurement, am I, am I living up to who I really want to be and how I want to see myself? And anytime we're not getting there, and we have lowered self-esteem, and that's when uh, that fear starts to show up in all its different forms, defensiveness, blame, anger, resentment, melancholy, 
So, uh, listen, I got to bring the movie reference this weekend very, very early uh-huh. um, because this is a Groundhog Day conversation. It is. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, very this, good. This good is, one. This is Bill Murray asking uh-huh. those questions and, you know, early on in the Groundhog Day movie when he's having all of those kind of resentment issues. He's kidnapping the groundhog, right? I mean, he's uh-huh. doing all, putting the toaster in the, in, the, in, the, in the bathtub with him. Like he's doing all of those things in route to, uh-huh. um, you know, finally when Groundhog Day ends. Yeah. Yeah, and what are all those different pieces? And at the end of the day, it's really, um, is he really happy with himself? And what's interesting along the way, and, and, and when you think about, Bill Murray. And by the way, we should make note here and a quick shout out to Bill Murray that we are broadcasting from Regis University and uh, Bill did go to school here. He did. And he did like knocking as, as folklore here at the university is he definitely enjoyed hitting golf balls off the roof of one of the buildings. Yeah. So just a quick note and reference there. Thank you very much for bringing fame to our humble established Jesuit school here. Um in Groundhog Day, you know, even the accomplishment of playing the piano, and how he comes into that. And before we started uh, broadca- uh, recording the, the podcast today and getting online here, is that um, uh, I was t- talking to someone about the idea that they studied German. Um, knowing that I'm German, he, he said, yeah, I study German. He says, I regret not continuing it. You know, I, re- I, I regret not following through on that to the point where he started doing some self-education again in German, and he did it for a few weeks and then dropped it again. And so, you know, are we living up to our own expectations? And what do those expectations look like? And as we move through life, our expectations, I think, that we have of ourselves in our imagination are good indicators of um, where it is that we're going and are we stuck? <laughs> Do we put our own boundaries and limitations on ourselves? Or can we become conscious enough to make the choices of continuously moving forward and getting out of life what we want? I like this idea a lot of the, you know, what are our expectations for self? I don't think we spend enough time in those kinds of conversations. And then share, share really what they are. Um, and I think that coupled with the idea of setting an intention in, relation, in a relationship you know, might be might be two fundamental and foundational ways to start thinking about when one might be stuck. Yeah, and you made a comment uh, right at the outset here around the idea of that we're not in this alone, and so I think there's the inner, the self-talk, the inner voice of what is my intention, and then there's also, and we've we've talked about this here on the podcast. There's also the um, bringing it into the spoken realm for others to hear, to share it with others. And I think in moments in life when we're out of alignment, having the ability to bring it into dialogue, to have the ability to bring it into conversation with others, is one of the key elements to success. Yeah, Jim and I were just going back and forth before we got on the air today, and we were, this is something I wonder about. You know, we talked about, uh, we started this podcast from the idea of the great resignation, or as we call it, the great alignment, is that people are really, um, they're changing. Their self-concept has changed. Their sense of self-value has changed. And the idea that they're not 
that part is not being seen or heard in their workplace is leading for people to search for something. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, I, I was thrown out to Jim and I don't, listen, I'm a business school professor and I don't know any businesses that work like this, but man, what if this were to work like this? That you have a business mm-hmm. and, and you know, we have, there's lots of people that talk about, you know, my business, I treat the people in my business like a family. You know what you would do if you really treated people in your business like a family? As your needs changed, you would allow for something different. Mm-hmm. But the reality on the ground is we hire people into a business expecting them to do X. And when we find out they might be better at Y or A or B or C, we don't move them to different positions. I mean, imagine if a business ran as kind of a chess a chess game where you were you were making these moves based on the strengths of your based on the strengths of your people. I think that's one of the things in businesses people are having a struggle right now seeing themselves as part of the business, an important part of the business. Yeah. They always have been important. No business exists in and of itself without without people. And we know that. So business is people business. I mean so always. Let's not ever forget that. I, I think there is that element that people have a sense of wanting to be engaged. They want to be a part of. They want to understand that they have some significance and importance to others, especially to those running the business. And I think there's one of the things that I've learned through working with leaders is that the really the leaders that I uh, observe that are really influential and powerful have the ability to look out with an interest, a true interest for the success of others. And that at times means, <coughs> that at times means also being, being willing to let go. Because um, as we all know, people are the, great, the greatest resource that we have. And the resource isn't just bodies, it's the resource of thinking and knowledge and imagination and the capability that they bring with them. And uh, I think the great leaders are willing to invest in that to help people to find their own alignment, to find their joy in their work and and their importance and significance of what they bring with them and being willing to engage people in not just the conversation, but also very intentionally to help people find their alignment and find their, their paths to their fulfillment. And that's something that we've always struggled with in business. I think that's one of the ongoing because it's, and it is all too easy to see people are just cogs in the wheel as opposed to being integral elements of success of a business. Yeah, that replaceable parts model I think is so killer for so much of our, so much of our humanity. You know, in the last episode, Edgar, we were talking about, you know, does context matter Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of my alignment? Yeah. You know, and you and I was sharing with you kind of my my professional identity and my personal identity and how I struggle when they're they're different. Mhm. Um, yeah. You know, it's really nice when they're the same. Yeah, and you know, this is a conversation about do you feel stuck or not? And what are we doing in organizations and and what do leaders do and how do we create a work environment, workplaces where people feel like they're moving forward, where they don't feel stuck? 
it, it's, I think, you know, part of the great, the great alignment is that for, for a lot of people in their work, they feel at times constrained. Um, it's not just not having opportunities, it's just being constrained and not being able to be them, themselves and their true selves. And I think one of the things that we see occurring and happening now um, throughout industry, throughout business, is the idea of letting people more and more and more come into themselves and to find paths to fulfillment. And it doesn't always have to be uh, limited. And in other words, very often in role definition, how we how we go about um, getting people to contribute, we limit them in their contribution as opposed to expanding uh, the possibilities. Yeah. Jim, you have a question? Yeah, we just had someone connect on that thought. Um, so what if others don't approve of what I want or they're not being supportive? What advice do you have? Can I, um, before we get into answering that question, uh-huh. I, I wonder, um, Jim, how do you feel about being put on the spot a little bit today? Amends, amends. Um, you know, Jim has shared with us that uh, you know, he's given notice at, at work. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking a little bit about that and, and listening to some of Jim's experiences. And we should note that, that producing this podcast is not Jim's full-time job. <laughs> not yet, Edgar, not yet. And Ken, you and I, we're not going to decide to make a full-time work job out of it. So. <laughs> but we're having fun while we're doing it, aren't we? <laughs> All right, Jim. I won't, I won't put you on the spot uh, any more about that one. But, um, you know, I think that speaks to Edgar's idea of, of the limiting versus the expanding. Um, and I really just wanted to know if anybody had ever asked you, if anybody had ever gotten you into a conversation about you. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it was kind of a, uh, a shock. But um, so I was pretty fortunate. Uh, most of the people at my organization were pretty supportive of me and my role. Um, and I actually even was moving up in the company. And um, the reason I was leaving wasn't necessarily because they were squashing that. Um, there was other conflicts going on between uh, intermediate companies working together. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But uh, there was a lot of conflicts based around um, letting people explore how they wanted this business to run and how it should be run. It was a very uh, confined environment, so... Um, I was pretty lucky. It was, it was pretty supportive in my, in my role. So awesome. that's great. So I, uh, opened my big mouth. Thanks, Jim. I opened my big mouth and then I forgot the question completely. So can you repeat that question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're when, fine. When others aren't willing to support you getting unstuck <laughs> or, uh, creating change, then, you know, any advice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I w- honestly had people at my, my workplace that are in that position, you know, they mm-hmm. are stuck and they are feeling that uh, what they want isn't approved of um, or that they aren't being supported. So, yeah, that's the advice they're looking, the audience members looking for is, you know, what if you're not being supported? What if you are not getting approval for what you want? Yeah. I hear that in a lot of different ways. One is, a, are you getting enough support in the workplace? And in like in your situation, yeah, there's some people that are stuck. And I think the question is a really excellent one that you raised, 
can. Is, is anybody even talking to you about it? Is, anybody, is anyone taking a personal interest to that degree? Is someone actually asking and listening versus telling you uh, of expectations and role definition and how much of a dialogue is there? And I think one of the things that organizations can be doing right now, which isn't complex, is being able to teach leaders and managers and supervisors to be able to have that kind of a dialogue with their with the people that they're working with, is to to begin to have that that conversation uh, to better understand what people's aspirations are, what their interests are, and what it is that they're truly seeking, and what their definitions of fulfillment or satisfaction are. Unless we have that conversation, first of all, we don't know what that is without a, without asking without the inquiry. And the second one, we don't, we don't really even realize what's possible. I think so often what happens in an organizational context is we begin to think or trying to solve the problem after it's already in a way gone by or we've experienced it as opposed to being quote-unquote proactive and getting out in front of it. The only way to get out in front of it is to understand and identify what people are seeking. If there's a problem and people are feeling stuck, how do we, how do we have the conversation to... Uh, with empathy to listen and understand and then solve the problems. I think that's a great deal, and, and I hear that question at that level. I also hear the question from the standpoint, if uh, if I want to make a career change or, or I want to do something different in life and I am in a relationship, uh, whether it be with a partner or a spouse or if I have obligations to family, to children, and to be able to have the conversations of whether or not I'm being supported by them and to be able to have an open dialogue about it. And so now I'm going to lean into something we've talked about and is, is a wonderful practice, and that's to speak to intention. Uh, what is our intention for the relationship or a set of relationships? What is our in- intention for what we want that relationship to look like, both in the present as well as going forward into the future? Do we have shared aspirations? Do we have independent aspirations? How can we both support uh, what we want to accomplish together and also individually? One of the things about alignment that makes it um, so applicable to all aspects of life is that the conversation eventually is how do we individually, for ourselves and others, individually and collectively create success? That's a, by way of definition, that, that's not just the workplace. That's all aspects of life. How do we work together? How do we support one another? How do we have the real truthful conversations of what our intentions are for our relationships and expectations that we have uh, for one another, including for ourselves? Because when we're, and without having that conversation, because we're so, interdependently tied to one another it's really difficult to to get where we where we want to go without those conversations and and sometimes that means really shifts in relationships but the thing is unless we have a conversation about what those shifts can look like they're going to be very difficult for us to to achieve an alignment to one another you know, Edgar, I think this is, uh, I agree. Thank you for sharing that. We talked a little bit earlier about kind of the 
relationship status change. I don't know how to say it, but you know, there's a, there's a hierarchy, right? I mean, in the hierarchy moves, Mm -hmm. um, in this responsibility of supporting others and then the fear that comes along with not being able to fulfill that responsibility, you know, and I, the, the order of the relationship has changed. Yeah. You know, we have, I, we have some friends and, you know, we've watched, uh, you know, we've watched uh, one person just say, hey, I'm retiring, your turn. Uh-huh. Like a tag team wrestling match. <laughs> like, okay, I tag out, you're it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I just, uh, I find it always difficult because I, you can look at other people's relationships, but they're not your relationships. They're other people's relationships. You know, and so, you know, that would not work. That would not work in my in my home for me to just declare. Um, it's actually one, one of the fears I really have is that I wouldn't be able to support my family. Um, yeah, that relationship changing. I, lo- I love what you said about the intention. I think this is so hard because even declaring the intention for the relationship is something that you can think about yourself that you didn't do something you were expected to do or yeah, you didn't do something you were expected to do. Mm. And as we all know, the expectations of others are often the expectations that we then carry for ourselves, right? That we're, we concern ourselves and, and this is life. We concern ourselves with the response that others give us and whether or not we're fulfilling their expectations of us or not. And then here comes you know, change and transition and that we want something else. And you can, so often you can hear someone's voice saying, I, I want to do something. I want to, I want to take this somewhere. And the other person is saying, Oh yeah, but I don't want things to change. I like it the way it is. Why do you have to screw with it? You know, why can't we just keep it the way it is? And, you know, this idea of then, you know, what is, what is stuck? I, I recall years ago um, when I was exploring and, and getting a better understanding of how to work with couples, I came across a questionnaire and assessment, and it was about 60 questions, and, and looking at and, and trying to formulate how to use the tool and, and what value does it bring what I realized was that most of the questions really brought back, came back to who's in charge or who's in control and do I feel stuck or not? Do I feel resentful because I don't have choice? And that happens. You know, there's elements uh, in relationships around codependency and all the different pieces. What was so, so powerful to me was the, the assessment of itself that couples would take and then start the conversation with if you want to get into, it, into depth very quickly. Here it was, and it was, at what level in the relationship do you feel that you have control? How much power and influence do you have within the context? And that all relationships at one time or another, you know, leveling effect is something that isn't always easy to achieve. And so there's, you know, the old hierarchies at play. Oh, the old expression who's, you know, if you really want to go back, it's who's wearing the pants in the family, who's in charge. And um, so when you when you think about 
change and you think about moving forward and you think about whether you're stuck or not, it's what are the choices you're making because of the influence of those that you're with and how do you then have a conversation of true intention to be able to say, I want this, I want the relationship to grow. I want it to, to move forward in some way. And, um, and at times the question is, if one person wants to move forward, are others able to keep up? Even in the workplace, if, if you think about how we empower people, what we're really asking of leaders is, by empowering people, is say, saying, you make the decisions, you move it forward. And as a leader, very often the challenge is, can I keep up? Yeah. Because I kind of like it the way it is. I have that sense of predictability. I have that sense of control. And let alone, if, if we overemphasize that, then as leaders we help people to feel stuck. We kind of set up the, the context for that to happen. So very often when we ask others to grow, we ask others to move forward, what we're really doing is asking that of ourselves. And I think that's important. And that if we're the ones that want to initiate that, uh, being intentional, having a conversation about it becomes key to success. Um, else the, you know, the fears and the, resi- the resistance and forms of different resentment and yeah, of pushback or holding back occur. Yeah, I, I think I shared, I don't know if I shared it on the podcast, but, you know, I have three questions I ask all of my bosses or three things I share with all of my bosses that I've had in the last 10 years or so that I need from them. And one of those things is some integrity in the feedback. Like I need to know if I'm being a schmuck or if I'm, or if I'm doing good work. Mm. But I just want some integrity in the feedback because I don't have to keep guessing. Uh, and what does integrity mean? I think integrity means just some level of, 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 of truth, laying out an expectation mm. and knowing if I've met said expectation or not so that then I could ask a question of, so how could we have done it differently? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what can we do going forward? Because I think that that is that idea of, helps us verbalize the expectation so that I can choose whether I want to meet it or not. I guess it is about choice and control. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And also you're, you're inviting someone else to it, which says in a way, assess, align, move forward. It's a a very, uh, I think it's a wonderful way to even have a conversation about change and getting unstuck and moving forward is let's assess the current Let's create alignment on what we want the future to look like. And then, and out of that alignment, let's move forward. Assess, align, move forward. And that, that simple formula can be so helpful. Both personally and professionally, right? Oh, yeah, in all, in all aspects. Um, it's much like uh, in very often in couples, and you, you have a family, you raise your children, and then... Uh, and I hear this a lot, especially from people in business, because they're so busy in business, they don't see all of a sudden it coming, and now they're empty nesters. It's kind of like, whoa. Well, and that, of course, causes us to want to assess the relationship, assess assess the relationships around us, and, and then create alignment and come back to this idea of now, what do I want the next part of my life to look like? What is it that I'm truly seeking what are you seeking? Um, and then being able to have the conversation of moving forward. 
So, Edgar, there's some comfort in predictability. Yes. Why? Why? What What is the root of the comfort that get, we get from predictability? Um, we we see and interpret predictability as a way of overcoming our fear of the unknown, the fear of not really knowing what's next. Why? that sense of control that we have about being able to get what we want when we want it. Yeah. So it makes sense that if we're spending time trying to control that lack of unpredictability or we're trying to control the absence of unpredictability, then it makes sense that this idea of, of being stuck is really about asking oneself the questions of, I mean, Back to what you said earlier, assess a line and move forward. The being stuck is, do we have the integrity of the assessment? Mm-hmm. How do we find alignment? How do we set our intentions for the relationships? How do we identify and understand and verbalize our fears so that a, that a future is possible? Yeah. And in a way, when we do that work, and you and I have talked about this before, and and this is often the conversation is, if I'm going to assess with integrity, if I'm going to have a conversation of alignment in a, in a real way, and if I'm going to move forward in alignment, it's about truthfulness. It's about uh, it's a discovery of truth. My, what is the truth of self? What is the truth in my relationships? What's really, um, if I'm going to manifest alignment, am I really being truthful with myself as to what I want it to look like? And and I think at the end of the day when we say, you know, I've got some difficult decisions to make and, you know, life can be hard in making the decisions I need to make, what really that's about is to confront, uh, confront the truth. You know, what really is. There's a, we tease each other in my family. So um, Amy, I love her with all my heart. She takes a long time to make decisions. She's got to get lots of information before she's comfortable with a decision. Um, me, I will research something for a long time, and then, then it'll appear to make a choice relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a little bit of... Uh, is this we talked about? Is this a Gladwell book where we talked about having just enough information to make a choice, but not needing more? Having more doesn't make the choice any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I know this is this is me, and I've I've utilized this method, uh, having changed careers a few times, to make a little bit of a leap. Yeah. And why do I think you make a leap? I know for me, it's really out of uh, a curiosity of if I can, in some sense. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, a stretch a stretch to say, you know, I wonder. I, and, and this is the way, I, so let me give you an image here. Wonderment is a wonderful, wonderful gift we can give ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, that idea of fear, I, I, I shared this quick story with you. I, I look back and I, you know, those number of times in your life where you, you realize that, 
wow, if I had paid attention to that whole situation, I should not have done that. <laughs> right? I could have really gotten hurt. I could have died. I Right? Those kinds of conversations. So uh, when I was in college, I lived in this three-story uh, apartment. I lived on the second floor. Uh-huh. And uh, I had friends that lived upstairs on the third floor, and we didn't really know the, the, the women that lived downstairs. But I had my keys on a lanyard, and I must have dropped them when I came in the house down by the front steps. So my um, downstairs neighbor said, hey, are these your keys? We were out on the front porch. And I said, yes. And I said, here, throw them up. And they swung the lantern a bunch of times and launched it onto the roof of this three-story building. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had those are my house keys, car keys. Those were the keys, right? It's not like it is today. It was all all there. So I had to go up on the roofing and get these keys. So I um, somehow I had access to my friend's apartment upstairs. And in looking back, here's here's what happened. I think there was like a an 18-inch piece of roof out of their kitchen window Oh that I didn't even think about it. I just climbed up the roof and then into the peaks and valleys of this kind of old old house, three-story uh-huh. house, and I got the keys. And then I realized I couldn't get down. Get down. <laughs> right? And I was like, and this is before, before ubiquitous cell phone use, by the way. Um, I was wondering, do we need to call the fire department? Like, this is really high. Eventually, I got down. But I know that for me, there's a point in time where I'm not thinking about that fear that makes me have action. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that in my own career, right? I mean, that's a big, long story of Ken got stuck on the roof. I, I, I eventually... I won't tell you how I get down, but um, I eventually got down of my own uh, power and will. But I realized that in my in my life, both personal and professional, it's been these collection of times when either I wasn't recognizing a fear or I wasn't looking for a fear that allowed for action. I knew enough to be comfortable moving forward. Right? It wasn't blind. I had I had grown up with uncles on on roofs, um, you know being a laborer on roofing jobs for a long time. So I wasn't afraid of being on the roof. I just never thought about falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot in that. <laughs> There's there always a lot. Is. We can unpack that one in a lot of different ways. Everything from am I being ignorant of the fear? Am I not being conscious of it enough? Do I get a sense that as I move forward, um, I assess, I, I align and I move forward in my actions and I know that there's going to be consequence. That's just naturally life. Well, what is that consequence? I think there's also this idea of as we move forward and we're willing to take the risks of getting what we want, that we don't always get it. And there are times when we get it and there's consequence attached to it. I think there's as much as you getting up the roof to get the keys, that there's a sense of knowing um, someone along the line that there's going to be consequence and I'll need to manage that when I get to it. And it's in a way of being able to say, uh, yeah, I'm capable that I can problem solve and I can overcome and I can find a, a path to continue you know, success. 
that I have this um, th- this ability that when I recognize a fear, um, I see it less as something that's going to make me feel stuck as an opportunity to problem solve, as an opportunity to create. It, it's much like the in the opening of the of the book that I wrote with Tom Lockwood, uh, Innovation by Design. The opening of the book is about our capacity as human beings to innovate, that that's what we do better than anything else. We are innovators. We are problem solvers. We like moving forward. We do. Uh, the only reasons that we get stuck is because fear is getting in our way. And recognizing that and being conscious of that, then if we are able to do that, then we can have the conversations we need to have then we can work with others to explore the possibilities that if we do feel stuck to have the courage and ability to say, I don't, I don't like the, the current state and there's a tension, a desired future state that I want to move to. And that natural conflict that exists between my current desired state, that's the energy that I need to be able to leverage. That's the energy that I can use in that, that that's moving forward. Well, Inger, I love I love what you said. Um, this uh, makes me think that maybe this is one of the one of the many many reasons that you and I um, uh, are finding ourselves connected more and more. Aside from that, we're both optimists. Excited yeah, about the two <laughs> optimists. Um, well, I'm a I'm a very pragmatic. Uh, uh, what is it? Pragmatic optimist. Yeah, I'm a pragmatic optimist. Well, I think here's here's what I heard. <laughs> The, the one thing I had, well, one of the many things that I admire about you is in asking why not, you're really stating that I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of confidence there. I, ha- I have it too, right? I've even described myself uh, to other people to say that, you know, internally I'm very arrogant. I, I really think <laughs> I can figure shit out. Yeah, and you um, do. And, and Well, and I tend to, right? I mean, um, you know, and if you get stuck you back out and find a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the, how do you get somebody to have that confidence that they can problem solve? Yeah. And I think coming at it is, is interesting. I don't see you asking, I think you start with why not. I do. And I see in my experience of you, you move very quickly to what. So from the why not is what is getting in the way? What am I afraid of or what is, what am I concerned about? And the what allows us to, to then see things differently. Now, why is the fraught with fear what is, is full of possibility? Yeah. 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 I, I, thanks to our audience for asking this question. Yeah. You know? Surprise. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I love it. And, and putting us on the spot to have this conversation. Yeah. And it keeps us from being stuck in the way that we do things. <laughs> hey thank you everyone for joining us and um yeah and please as always thoughts comments questions anything at all let us hear from you uh come down and join us at uh at at the university here at regis university if you're if you're in the area uh for the uh for the podcast mondays um, yeah on mondays yeah well i'm edgar papke i'm ken sagendorf thank you for joining us on the true alignment podcast see you next time around thank you